Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf. COVID is going crazy right now. In the NBA and the NFL, over 100 players between the two leagues have tested positive. Multiple games in the NFL were moved this weekend to Monday and Tuesday, while the Bulls had to postpone a few games because they have 10 guys out right now in protocols. The Nets had seven, including James Harden, now for their games against the Raptors and the Sixers, which didn't really matter because Kevin Durant made up for it with a 34-point triple-double against Toronto and 34-11-8 against Philly. The race between KD and Steph right now for MVP is is so close. It's so fun to see, to watch those two play right now. However, about an hour ago, Kevin Durant was put in COVID protocols, so they don't have him anymore. However, the Nets are getting a reinforcement, which we need to talk about. We'll mention it a little bit at the end of this episode and talk about it because it deserves its own show later this week. But anyway, expect many teams to be playing with a bunch of random guys in the in the near future as over 40 players, probably 50 players now around the league are in protocols. Zion is not in, pro, in COVID protocols. However, he's not on the court either. He had a setback in his foot rehab. He returned to full team activities and practices about two, three weeks ago, doing contact drills, five on five. He was very, very close to returning. Originally, he just dealt with soreness, but apparently that has turned into full-blown pain. There's been a regression of healing. He's no longer able to do basketball activities. He received an injection and is out another four to six weeks. That is not good news for the Pelicans. And if you've seen pictures on social media or reports, some you know some of those pictures are possibly blown out, blown out of proportion. But it's reported that he is over 300 pounds. I've heard 330 he does look a little bit heavy, but 330, that's absurd. I wonder what his conditioning is like since he hasn't been on his feet in forever. And if he's gained 50 pounds since coming into the league three years ago, that is, I don't think that's healthy. This is not encouraging if you're a Pelicans or a Zion fan. He's already had too many injury issues, just barely three seasons into his career. Torminis to start career, you know, to start his career as a rookie, didn't make his debut until January. Knee soreness during the bubble, fractured finger back in April fractured foot over the summer he's missed 89 games over three seasons and i don't see it changing i really don't see this pattern changing i think especially if he is actually over 300 pounds his knees his feet his ankles are not going to be able to handle the way he plays for longer than five seasons at the most at the most it's been three and they're struggling staying with the pelicans though Devontae graham's game winner that was a lot of fun Against the Thunder, you've probably all seen it by now. It was a pretty crazy sequence because Shea Gilders Alexander hit a ridiculous shot. The Thunder were down three. He hit a ridiculous shot from the logo. It was like, I think he was trying to draw a foul. It looked like he just kind of chucked it up there, but there's nothing but net. Perfect shot. So the Pelicans have the inbound with 1.4 seconds left. Graham catches it, shoots it from the opposite three-point line, and banks it in. Pelicans win on the road in Oklahoma City. That was That was exciting. Best game winner I've seen in a long, long time. Steph Curry is now the NBA's all-time leader in three-point field goals made in the regular season. That was, you know, the difference between... He, he recently broke the record for career threes in the regular season and the playoffs. But, of course, Steph had way more deep playoff runs than Ray Allen did. So he obviously broke that record earlier but this was the big one this was the big one the regular season one he passed ray allen in madison square garden against the knicks on tuesday he only needed two so we got it pretty early in the game andrew wiggins assisted on it congratulations to steph curry he now has 2982 career threes so close to 3000 that will be big time he's i mean he's gonna get that in like three games but still 
Warriors are, I believe, 24 and 5. Let me double check. Yes, they are 24 and 5. Best in the league still. Steph has another record on his Hall of Fame resume, and I think it's officially official that he's the best shooter of all time. This record puts the stamp of approval on it. Steph himself said that he can call he can call himself the greatest shooter of all time now that he has that record. <clears throat> Damian Lillard made headlines by saying he wants to play with Ben Simmons, according to Shams Tarani of The Athletic. I have been saying all along that a trade, a Simmons-Lillard trade for each other would be the move for Philly. But CJ for Ben makes sense as well. Having Seth and CJ together in the backcourt would be lethal for Philly in terms of shooting. Maxi coming off the bench as a spark plug. Tyrese Maxi this year, he's like the Darius Garland of this year. He's averaging 17 points per game, but nobody really knows about it because just a second-year guard, quiet production. He's averaging 17, almost four rebounds and five assists. Like, he's done really, really well in place of Ben Simmons. I like this move. I like the idea of this move for Philadelphia. That This would put them near Tier 1 for me in the Eastern Conference hierarchy. CJ can run point. Seth at the 2. Danny Green. Tobias Harrison. Embiid rounding out the front court. That's a really good team. For Portland, this lightens the load on Lillard a little bit. Simmons could do a lot of playmaking for Lillard. Powell, Covington, Nurkic, Ben McLemore off the bench. I'm starting to think that a CJ for... Ben Simmons' swap would be as beneficial for both sides. Obviously, Lillard's a better talent in Philly's case. But CJ has the potential to average 30 a game. He's just playing alongside a prolific scorer like Damian Lillard. Even though Lillard is struggling, you know, those two in the same backcourt puts a limit on the volume of both players. But the Sixers right now, 8th in the East at 15-15. and 15. The Trailblazers 11th in the West at 12-18. and 18. So... Both teams could use a shakeup, perhaps. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is a name we need to talk about because even though the team has been struggling, he has been the bright spot. His last five games, he's averaging, you know, 20 plus points, five rebounds, three assists. He's shooting 40%, 40 excuse me, 47% from the field, 50% from three. He's got his shot back after that horrific start. <laughs> Some notable performances for him. 28 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists against the Thunder. 19 points and 5 assists against the Suns. And then 26 points and 7 rebounds against the Blazers. In an overtime loss to the Wizards, he had 8 straight points in overtime to nearly send the game into second overtime. He got hot at the right time. It just wasn't enough. He finished with 21 points. So through his first... This is through his first 17 career games. He is one of seven players all time with 240 points, 100 rebounds, 75 assists, 20 steals, and 10 blocks. LeBron, Dr. J, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Ben Simmons, and Alvin Adams are the other six. That is that is insanely elite company. And, you know, he's starting to get noticed around the league for the way he's playing. Monty Williams, coach of the Suns, said... Quote, he's smart. He's got his own pace. I haven't seen him get sped up yet. And that is key. That is really key because rookies, you know, every, every, you know, every rookie you interview their first year in the league, they say the speed of the game is the biggest adjustment. And so if he's, you know, got his own pace and he hasn't gotten sped up yet, that is, that is really good for Cunningham. 
Head coach, Pistons head coach Dwayne Casey said that he and Killian Hayes in the backcourt are good for each other. Jeremy Grant said, quote, he makes the game easier for me. Cade's not concerned with the awards. He's not. He, do, he doesn't care about winning rookie of the year. You know, there's that's the difference between Cade and Jalen Green. Jalen Green is going for rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham wants to build something. He wants to create a culture in Detroit. He wants to do the right things to win games. And that's not typical of a 20-year-old number one overall pick. A lot of times they can get over-focused on themselves and hinder the team's ability. We've seen that in the past. But the Pistons... I mean, the Pistons, they're only 4-21, and but it's a process, and Cade is starting to understand that, and he is performing really, really well. Let's talk about Jalen Green's team, the Houston Rockets, because right now, Green is still injured. I believe it's that hamstring injury. Without him, though, they extended their win streak to 7 before it ended at the hands of a 41.17 rebound performance by Giannis Antetokounmpo. That shocked me. All of this without Jalen Green... KPJ, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is in and out of the lineup. Christian Wood and Garrison Matthews, though, have played really, really well. Garrison Matthews, his last eight games, 17 points per game, four three-pointers made per game, 52% from the field, 46% from three. He is a welcome addition to this Rockets team. He's been dubbed Gary Bird by many in the Rockets circle. He came from Lipscomb, played with the Wizards from 2019 until last season. This summer was picked up by the Celtics but waived after training camp. Just a few weeks later, though, he was picked up by the Rockets on a two-way deal. He's getting a lot of opportunity on not as talented of a team. And he has earned the right to get a standard NBA deal, which he did yesterday four years eight million dollars for garrison matthews he has been so impressive but no one knows because it's in houston and it's not a notable name the rockets made headlines but garrison's production was flying under the radar and i wanted to showcase that for a little bit my goodness we need to talk about the lakers again because they're still struggling but first we're gonna take a break don't go anywhere Welcome back to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. The Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, 110-92. They still can't figure it out. They just signed Isaiah Thomas, who led the team in scoring in his return to the NBA. 19 points in 21 minutes. Congratulations, Isaiah, for earning your spot back in the league. I think you should have been in the NBA this entire time, but you proved that you're, you know, they... That you should have been. <laughs> 19 points in 21 minutes in your first game back with the Los Angeles Lakers on national TV. That's big time. He played one game. He played one game in the G League for the Denver Nuggets affiliate, the Grand Rapids Gold, and he scored 42 points against the Fort Wayne Maddens. And then as soon as the Lakers saw that, they were like, we could use this guy. So they signed him. He did well. Westbrook, though, Russell Westbrook, their starting point guard, Thomas backed him up, but their starting point guard had just 14 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Anthony Davis left the game two separate times. In the first quarter, he was dealing with an ankle injury. It was a weird tumble to the ground, fell on Nas Reed, planted weird when he drove anyway. And then in the third quarter, he dealt with a knee injury because Jaden McDaniels fell back into his knee. It was a knee contusion is what it was ruled. That looked a lot worse than the ankle. This man, though, yeah, I, we don't know how long he's out, but this man is fragile like glass, bro. He can't stay healthy. 
His body can't handle it. I I just don't understand. He's going to prevent them. I was talking about this earlier because, you know, him and Zion are, you know, have similar injury proneness. But he Anthony Davis is going to prevent the Lakers, along with a lot of other things, from going back to the finals this year. Not that they went last year, but two years ago. So many things are wrong with this Lakers team. AD's proneness to injury, Westbrook's production and fit, the roster turnover. There is absolutely no chemistry out there. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, Ken Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, Kendrick Nunn, Isaiah Thomas, Rajon Rondo, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Chon D. Brown Jr., Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk. Those guys all weren't on the team last year. And they expect to just put it all together. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't work like that. Their, enti- their entire team is basically new, and they still don't know how to, how to work it out. LeBron James is partially to blame and partially not because he's playing spectacular. Before the Minnesota loss, his last eight games were really, really good. He had 39 points, five rebounds, six assists, 30 points, seven and 11 33 5 and 9 23 11 and 6 34 and 5 20 10 and 11 33 5 and 6 30 11 and 10 those were his stat lines over the last eight games before that minnesota loss the lakers they were like six and three or six and two during that stretch i don't think lebron can keep that up all season but they need as much of his production as they can get. Others still aren't stepping up. Isaiah Thomas, you know, may have something, but it's got to come from their stars, Russ and AD. LeBron is partially to blame because he assembled this team. He's the one who got Westbrook. He's the one who made all these acquisitions happen in the offseason. We know that moves don't fly without his permission in LA. Roster changes go through him. He's almost abusing his power at this point. Yes, I understand he's incredibly smart. He's got a high IQ, knows what's going on on the basketball court. But he can't make every decision. The important ones, sure, let him be a part of it. But the minor acquisitions, not as much. Since LeBron put this team together, he's the one who's got to figure it out. At age 36, that's a tall order. Although he's proven he's up to the challenge before. He did it two years ago. But that, I mean, this is just a different NBA. The Warriors are back. The Nets are stacked. It will be interesting to see if this team gets it together or not. I feel like they will, but also if they did, I feel like they would have done it. I would have thought they would have done it by now. But so far, there is no evidence of such progress because they're 16 and 14, which is just middle of the pack. They're sixth in the West. It's just not good. The Memphis Grizzlies, the Los Angeles Clippers have a better record than them. Speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies... They are back to grit and grind. It's more of a modern grit and grind because, you know, offensively they don't dump it down to the post a lot. They obviously have spacing and big guys who can shoot. But they are 10-1 and one since John Morant left with the injury. They are 19-11 and 11 right now, fourth in the Western Conference. They had that 73-point win and NBA record over the Thunder. That was just utterly embarrassing i think the final score was 152 to 79 i mean it was just it was the wackiest score i've ever seen in any sport their defense is winning them games 
Listen to these outstanding numbers. The Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA are first in steals per game, first in steals per play, first in blocks per game, first in block percentage, first in fast break points, uh, fast break points, that's defense to offense, second in offensive rebounding percentage, second in total rebounding percentage. That is unreal. Their defense is what's doing it mainly, as you can tell. And then their defense is turning into their offense with them being first in fast break points. On the offensive end, Jaron Jackson Jr. is really stepping up in the half court. He's become a temporary number one option. He's averaging 20 points a game, five rebounds, and two blocks uh, in, in John Morant's absence. He's top five in the league in block rate this season. I think it's like 6.5%. Jaron's true potential is finally showing after dealing with you know stuff like foul trouble, torn meniscus last year lack of rebounding too he also needed to like he needed a physically dominant center to hold down the paint he just wasn't ready for it down low but he has become that he's not a center but he's a stretch big but he is a lot more physical now and able to hold more of his own in the paint than he ever you know has before he had that one play against the Lakers, I don't know if you saw it, where he just bullied AD. Like, he just went straight into his chest through, I mean, AD went, but like he was sent back, and Jaron got the easy bucket. This is exciting for the Grizzlies to see him finally in year four making these strides and playing like an all-star candidate. Also, Xavier Tillman had one of the best posters of the season against the Rockets when he Rose atop Alperen Shangun, which uh, that was crazy because I watched Xavier Tillman a lot in college and I've seen, you know, his stuff from his first two years in the NBA and he does not have a lot of bounce. He really doesn't. He can dunk because he's 6'8", 6'9", but like he's not an above the rim finisher. But on that dunk, he was a solid foot over the rim. It was the highest I've ever seen him jump and it was just unbelievable it's one of the best dunks i've seen all season it wasn't widely published i don't think it got on nearly as many you know national news outlets i don't know social medias as it should have been but had to give him credit for that ja is supposed to return this weekend which is obviously a huge addition for the grizzlies it could either I have, a, I have a feeling it's going to ruin their chemistry. But it also, you know, could propel them. I think it could go either way. But either way, this Grizzlies team is speeding up the rebuilding process and could land in a higher playoff seed rather than fighting for the play-in again, which is what I thought would happen preseason. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 2017, in a halftime ceremony at the Staples Center, Kobe Bryant's number eight and number 24 jerseys were retired by the Los Angeles Lakers. He became the 10th player in team history to have his number retired and the only player with two jerseys retired by the Lakers. Uh, I need to fact check this, but I would be surprised if anybody else has two jersey numbers retired by any team. So, late great Kobe. I can't believe that was just four years ago. Happy birthday to Hawks rookie Jalen Johnson. And we are back. We are going to be back very, very soon. This week, I promise you, an episode will be out. Because we're going to talk about Kyrie Irving and his return. <laughs>
Stay tuned.